Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Hi there, and welcome to Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. It is your hosts, Jesse Gaskell and Mike Sweeney, and we're here under sad circumstances. Yes, we are. As you may have heard, our dear, dear friend Bill Tull passed away last week. And uh, Bill was the original prop master starting back in 1993 with Late Night uh, with Conan O'Brien. Worked with the the Conan family for 28 years and was the most beloved person working on the show. Just uh, from Conan on down, everyone just flat out loved Bill Tull because he he was just an amazing guy. Yeah, he really was heart and soul of the show and consistently was making the impossible possible and fulfilling our crazy requests sometimes just minutes before showtime. Yep. And and he was doing that, you know, the first year of the show when you know, it was like, oh, is the show going to hang in there? And I, I know Robert Smigel just talks about how Bill was a pillar of strength for everyone else because he was so positive and was like, let was such a big voice of let's make this work. Mm-hmm. And and everyone, he really was a hero. And, uh, you know, I know Conan called him a hero in it, his tweet, and it's, it really... Uh, was true of him. He, like you said, he made the impossible possible day in and day out. And I I think it's not overstating it that he, re- I think, really inspired everyone. And he did it. Yeah. He, But he was always in a great mood and mm-hmm. always really funny and just like, hey, let's do it. And I, yeah. I... Always trying to make the show better. Yeah. I think everyone, I mean, I fell in love with him. Mm-hmm. Like I was there a month and I was like, oh my God, I, now I, I understand what a real man is finally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just great in we every way. I wanted him so. to be our dad. That's, yes. Yeah. I, uh, so we're all very lucky to know Bill. And yeah. we, we were lucky to have Bill and our other uh, property master, John Rao, as guests on the show a few months ago. And mm-hmm. a lot of people said it was their absolute favorite episode. And it's because Bill came loaded with all these wild, wild stories. Oh, yeah. just He had a notebook full of illegal things that they had done on late night. <laughs> yes. like <laughs> just They were confessions of of the extremes he, he they had to go to to make props every day for this show that aired five nights a week. And yeah. was often 
written that ap- the afternoon of the show and he had to come up with these create all these props for all these sketches and he always got they he, they always got it done he got it done mm-hmm. and the way he accomplished that was it was often uh, uh, it violated many <laughs> a few rules were <laughs> a few rules were violated so but they always got it done yep and he's hilarious to listen to so we're excited to have you here Mr. Bill Tull and John Rao Nice to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Bill, so you started when the show began, right? In 93? Yep. Were you already working in 30 Rock? Like, did you work on the Letterman show? I worked in the Letterman show when he was in the morning. Oh. Oh. And then before Conan, I was up on Saturday Night Live. Got it. For two years. And then you just wandered down to the Conan studio. I just, I just walked in. I liked the way the band sounded, so I asked if I could have a job. The band, they, they were playing this really zany music. I said, this is going to be fun, this show. <laughs> I remember saying that to myself. That's how we all ended up there. Yeah. Unlike SNL, it was on every night, so that had to be... Was that a bit of an adjustment, like all of a sudden? Our show was, was um, a lot of last minute. Late night, yes. Conan... Especially in the beginning, the writers, I think everybody was starting to know each other. You guys were writing as you walked down the hallways. Uh-huh. People would throw wads of paper at our door with a prop request on they would leave. <laughs> John, when did you start on Conan? The end of 94, I believe. Okay, so it was still pretty early. Yeah, yeah. And then, and you know, what did you think of, what were your first impressions? crazy. Of- <laughs> you know, driving around, getting a 5737911 beep on your pager. Then you had to pull over in a cab, find a payphone, and find out what the problem, you know, what it was. Uh-uh. And Billy would say, you got to go here now. And then you get back in the cab. It's like you were a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was yeah. crazy. It was just nuts. It's crazy. It really was. It was a lot of fun. Wow. And we have to explain to our listeners what a pager and a payphone was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You had to build your own payphone, then call on the payphone. I can I can tell you this. I didn't have an assistant for like three or four weeks. Danielle Perna, our designer, he insisted I get an assistant. And that's back when we had beepers. We didn't even have phones. <laughs> like a surgeon. So there was the, so I had to go out and get props and get whatever. And then I, people were trying to reach me by a pager. Wow. It was a pain in the ass. But the show itself was just, I, I just knew it was going to be fun. Oh. I mean, the shit we were getting hit with in the beginning yeah. was just crazy. So you were laughing, but you were also really angry at the same time. I really wasn't. I, mean, I really did enjoy the challenge. <laughs> well, do you, do you remember some of the early challenges that stick in your mind that were oh, just yeah. like... God, there's so many. Well, my favorite is the uh, Trojan horse. Yeah. Oh, what was that? First of all, we had no budget. We had no freaking money back then. So they wanted this huge Trojan horse to hide all our writers in left outside of Letterman's stage door. <laughs> right. It was a comedy bit. Conan was going to send over writers to Letterman. We were going to take over the Letterman. They were supposed to infiltrate his show. And yes. Who wrote it? Brian Rich wrote it. But you were in charge, but I, think. I shot the whole thing and, and we had to shoot it and edit it the same day. Well, the, we, we didn't have a budget to build that thing. So I had two friends of mine in New Jersey build it in their driveway. Wait, seriously? <laughs> so, it, so it didn't have a studio, a, a, a shop a stamp on it. Everything we did in the, the beginning of our show was illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's 
there's a statute of limitations. Right. I think we're safe. We broke every rule you could possibly break, union or building. <laughs> I love this. And I'm not kidding. I believe you. I We used to never get permits to shoot any. We never, would just go out and never. shoot. When we did the Trojan horse, we had an 18-wheel uh, dump truck that once the horse was left there, we ran through it with a dump truck right. and smashed it. <laughs> we backed up. We backed up. I was sitting shotgun. We backed up to 8th Avenue, and we're getting ready to go, and I look ahead of me, and Adio had not cleared 53rd Street. <laughs> Jeff Adio was the uh, production coordinator at the time. Yeah, and there was a wall of people right in front of where we were going. Just to set the picture, the, first of all, this Trojan horse, can you describe how large... You said friends built it in a, in, in a driveway. That blows my mind because can you describe how huge it was? It was about 18 feet high and about 16 to 20 feet long. Oh, wow. All on wheels. And there was a door inside one of the legs where all the riders got in <laughs> before the truck hit them. Yeah, it was a functioning Trojan horse. Was there a bathroom? <laughs> no, it was a kitchen. Uh, yeah, kitchenette. <laughs> the whole idea was we sent it from our studio, which was only three blocks away from Letterman's studio, which is now Colbert's studio, the old Ed Sullivan Theater. Right. So we pushed it across 7th Avenue down 53rd to the stage door entrance of the Letterman. Across 7th, across Broadway. Right. And so then the end of it was, you mentioned this, this giant dump truck was going to barrel down 53rd and smash it to smithereens. Oh, Correct. With the writers inside? Yep. Y yes. Yeah. Was, <laughs> they were actors, so they were expendable. <laughs> so you're saying Jeff Adio, the, the coordinator, didn't he didn't clear 53rd Street? There was a wall of people from the from corner to corner on 53rd. It was like right in our path. Yeah, because I wanted to be on TV. So what? I, I, what? Well, I, I told the truck driver to drive back up there. So we drove back up. I said, Jeff, do you think we might want to get rid of these people? Which he did. Okay, so they just yelled at him, like, if you don't move, you you may get run over by a dump yeah, truck. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I remember Martin Scorsese was the guest after that aired, and he just went on and on. He really liked it. Oh, was he impressed with the directing? <laughs> no, but oh, yeah. he, he just liked the, the bit. So that was sweet. Uh, yeah, so a lot of stuff was built illegally back then. I didn't know oh, that. Oh, shit, yeah. All of it. Remember, the <laughs> Remember the catapults? No. The catapults, they they called for a meeting in the in the uh, conference room on 7 or 9, whatever the hell floor we were on, after work on a Friday. Okay. On Monday morning, they wanted to have, uh, they wanted to somehow drop gummy worms over the whole audience. Uh-huh. So I, I'm sitting down at one end of the table and Jeff Ross is up at the other end. Our producer. And I'm thinking, in a, in, literally in about three minutes, I calculated how to build a catapult that would throw gummy worms. I went to New Jersey to our stage manager's house, built it that weekend, dropped it off in the city on my way back through to Long Island where I lived. And then Monday morning, we set it up. And when we let the, the uh, catapult go with the gummy worms on it, yeah. They flew about eight feet and landed on the floor in front of the house band. <laughs> <laughs> so I was worried it was going to go the other way and be so powerful that they took someone's eye That's out. what I was waiting for. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and, and I said, don't worry about it. It was just, just a couple of adjustments. And I went back and I tightened up the bungee cords to give it more power. Yeah. For the live show, they went back uh -oh. eight feet in front of the band again. <laughs> no, no change, no nothing. And Conan stands up. He puts both hands on the desk, leans over, and he goes, let's hear it for the crappiest catapults on television. <laughs> Jersey built. 
the next morning they wanted to do this bluebird of happiness a bit called the bluebird of happiness okay yeah and it's it's supposed to fly in and land on somebody's shoulder i think mike gordon okay so they're all going well how are we going to do this how are we going to do this and i from the other end of the table i go i got catapults (laughs) 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 Uh, anyway one prop someone reminded me about uh, the stanley cup oh yeah the writers asked for it the night before they needed it. Smigel called me himself at my house. <laughs> Robert Smigel, <laughs> yep. the head writer. That's never a good call. Yeah. <laughs> Eviden- evidently, the, 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 they had just won the cup and they were skating it around the uh, rink. The Rangers, I think that night, the won the, the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So they're skating it around and I get a phone call and it's Robert. He's going, Bill, can you help me out? He said, wardrobe just said they, they won't do it. <laughs> do what? Make a costume, make a Stanley Cup costume. Okay. So I said, I'll do it and um, for, the, for the next day. And we ended up, we, I, I calculated how much of the supplies we had, which almost everything. What we were missing was the cup. <laughs> and, I, and I finally found one up in the rainbow room in the catering department. But the guy in charge of the, of the uh, catering said, I'll only give you this cup to use if you can get me a date with the girl down at security. <laughs> oh, Wow. I said, you are kidding, right? He goes, nope. <laughs> no. One thing I You're know. bartering. That's never a joke when a man says that. I went down to the <laughs> yeah. lobby and here was this girl like in a suit, really t- finely tanned. Um, and I walked up to her. I just said, are you dating anybody? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, as a matter of fact, I'm not. I said, would you be interested in dating the head of catering at the Rainbow Room? She said, sure. Uh, wait, seriously. <laughs> this, is, this is a true story. What, wait, this, was this the same night that Smigel called you about? This was the next day. Okay, the next day. Yeah. You were adding the cup the next day, and it was for that night's coming show. We were building the whole thing the next day. Wow. When I was at home, I just calculated how much stuff we had. Got it, got it, got it. And it really turned out great, except we had it full size. We had five tiers, and then two, and then three tiers, and the cup. Uh, Smigel wanted to see Mike Gordon's underwear. <laughs> right. Michael Gordon was a writer and he yes. he wore it. It, it kind of went over his head. He wore it in the parade. And it was in all the newspapers the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, so it was worth the effort. I thought it was great. I loved it. It came out. It was amazing. But so what happened with the date? Yeah. that's Did the head of security go out with the catering guy? I guess I remember I switched cards. I said, let me have one of your cards. And then I got one of his and gave it to her. So I don't know what they did. <laughs> that was like an early Tinder. You were pioneers. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Wow. I wonder how many hookups happened in order to get props made for the show. That could be in the hundreds. <laughs> it was crazy, but I'm telling you. Wow. That's amazing. And and do you remember some other early crazy? Like, I don't know how we're going to get this done, but. We, had, we just came on. There was no emails. You get 12 or 13 voicemails. Oh, like you'd come in in the morning, you just morning and you hit play oh. and you scribble down 12 things that were for the sh- that day show. Oh my God. And wow. you guys wanted the Mormons with gerbils, taking them through a covered wagon, covered wagons through a diaphragm. Right. That re- I, I yeah. don't know why, what the bit was. Diagram. <laughs> but it was sorry. reenacting the Mormons. Migrating <laughs> West. You gotta uh, tell me how but, the diaphragm factors in here. I agree. But played by, but. Instead of horses, it was gerbils, I think, gerbils. pulling stagecoaches, <laughs> right. right? So that was all night. And John was doing that. So we worked on that all night. You had to make gerbils. Oh, man. No, they were real gerbils. Yeah. But John was hooking up a lizard 
harness to one of them. And then we were going to, there, you could buy them at pet stores. They're like little harnesses with a string. Well, sure. And gerbils. Can, of course, everyone knows you can harness a lizard, but not a gerbil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've never heard of a, a lizard harness. <laughs> John's Two trying to, a to get schooner. this thing done and it's biting him. And he's screaming, yeah, but he's getting bit. And next thing I know, the, the, the hamster flew out of his hand and hit the deck. Well, and he was out cold. The hamster. He got knocked out, man. And John picked him up and started massaging his chest. And all of a sudden, yeah, I brought him back. Again. Oh, my God. That was crazy. We knocked him right out. <laughs> well, he had his teeth into my finger. So you did you massage him with one finger or both thumbs? Just one pinky. Okay. And you brought him back to life. Wow. Did you yeah. ever hear of something called, Mike, the, called the uh, yeah. I hate myself machine? <laughs> yes, I remember that. It had a mouse trap and a monkey. I don't remember it, but I have it on my notes here. I hate myself machine, mouse trap game, and monkey. <laughs> Let the court note that Bill is reading from an illegal pad. <laughs> Are those notes you have from back, way back then? I made this list back in New York. We were doing so much work. Yeah. And working so many hours that we we needed to make sure we could justify the hours. Yeah. So I started yeah, yeah. making a list of the stuff we did just to have in case they asked us. Wow. Which they never did. All the you had to prove all the illegal stuff you had made. Yeah, right. Um the I hate yourself machine. Uh I don't remember. I think it was like a Rube Goldberg contraption that you there was a big long explanation and then the scientist pushed the button and it ended up of course, a gun came up and shot him, and he died. <laughs> Best way to end a sketch. I don't know where the monkey, how the monkey was involved. I tell you, this job was fun, man. Do you remember, Mike, the day that you came in with your son and his schoolmates? <laughs> no, no, I don't. You came in with like two teachers and about 12 kids. <laughs> that was a class trip. I'm showing the, all the kids this stuff. Right. John's in the back by my desk looking forward, and I'm pulling stuff out of this box of body parts. Right. And I'm handing it to the kids. So I didn't realize it, but I'm sticking my left hand in after I had something in my right hand and I'm holding it up in the air, giving the kid the thing in my right hand. You may not want to do that. And I look over at Rao and he's laughing and I look at my left hand and there was about a 15 inch black dildo <laughs> in, my, in my hand. You know, the kids still talk about it to this day. Yeah. <laughs> that does bring up, I think it was extra credit. Maybe after guns dildos are probably the most requested yep yeah prop absolutely was there anything else that got requested a lot remember the, remember the sheep skeleton horse testicles uh, <laughs> oh, wait oh. what was the sheep skeleton yeah they tell us about the sheep skeleton they came in on a on a wednesday around three o'clock riders or they had whoever it was right and they they wanted to do a uh a world records the next day like a bit where we introduce new world records. Yeah. Conan opens a book. He picks out a record. He goes, I think we can beat this. So it called for a sheep and then it called for a sheep skeleton. Okay. And some shears. The gag was he would start off with the live sheep with the fur on it, start to shave it. We'd throw uh, fur by his face. And then when he was done, he looked out. He had he just, Oh, he shaved too he much. He went too far. Shaved yeah. clear. <laughs> right. Right down to the bone. So I, could, I couldn't find a sheep skeleton anywhere. What? And I went and called up. I went into, uh, I called up a <laughs> friend. I said, Do, is there a sheep farm in New Jersey? And they turned me on to one. And I called them up and I said, this is Bill from the Conan Bryan Show. Do you bury sheep there? <laughs> when they die of natural, they go, well, yeah, we do. Just wondering, no reason. <laughs> they go, oh, yeah, we do. 
So I said, well, I'll, I'll call you right back. So I went into the dressing room. Conan was getting his hair done. Yeah. And I said, Conan, here's the deal. This is what they want for tomorrow. I said, I can get one, but I have to dig it up. I said, will you mind handling it? If it's a, if I dig up a skeleton out of the... Oh. He said, you're fucking crazy. He goes, but I'll do it. <laughs> the next morning at six o'clock, we're at this farm. In New Jersey. In New Jersey. I love how New Jersey's the prop state. <laughs> yeah. It's where all props come from. Yeah. You're in, you're at the farm the next morning. At the farm. I'm in their kitchen. Yeah. There's an 85 year old woman with trophies all over the kitchen for sheep. And her son comes out. Who's not too happy about doing this. Yeah. And we go out into the field and we start digging with a little bobcat. We ended up getting a shitload of bones. <laughs> we were missing the lower jaw. So we had to dig another hole to find that. We found it. And Smith, our stage manager, said, Bill, we got to go. So we got to NBC under the marquee on 49th Street. I slit holes in the plastic bags to let the gas out. <laughs> oh, God. Oh my God. And we go upstairs. And now the guy I had working with me, Jasper, yeah. he had boiling pots of uh, hot water. We had garbage can filled with muriatic acid. We had all this shit ready to go. And we go up, we start throwing these bones in these bins, in, in, the, in the buckets. Uh-huh. We broke a bunch of beer mugs, and we're using the glass to scrape the fat off the bones. Oh, my God. Oh. And we take them out, and they're all over the scene doc. <laughs> was the sheep, are you sure the sheep was dead? <laughs> he, had a, he had a little bit of fat on him. Oh. So they're all over the scene doc. They're out in the hallway. Oh, my God. Fans are blowing on them. And J George Mendez, the head of management, comes in, and he goes, Bill. <laughs> I said, hey, George. He goes, he holds up, holds up both of his hands. He goes, how many fingers do you see? I said, 10. He goes, that doesn't even begin to tell you how many health codes you're breaking out here. <laughs> and I remember I stood there for like 10 seconds and I just said, but George, what about the old saying that the show must go on? <laughs> and he just dropped his hands and walked away. That was the end of it. <laughs> I thought the end of the story was going to be that the bit got cut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. Wait, so did you assemble that in one day for that night's show? Mark Rudolph. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah, we, we we gave it to the uh, Scenics. Yeah, we, Mark. We brought him yeah. a research on what a sheep should look like. We couldn't find right. it. Right. Actually, I think we used a dog skeleton to go by it. So what we did was we just glued a bunch of vertebrae onto a, a steel rod. Right. Bent the rod so it would hold the head. Then we then we just started gl gluing like shoulder blades to the hip, to the. Uh, oh my god. To the rib bones. <laughs> I remember that skeleton because it hung from the ceiling of yep. the prop room at third. Oh wow! For years, we years. brought it to California with us, but by that time it was getting really funky. Yeah, <laughs> oh, so, yeah, we, so we threw it out. Suddenly then started. it was finally dead. <laughs> to get when, when that thing, when that was done, Conan looks over at Andy and goes, "We got to keep this thing, <laughs> just like that." Yeah, man, we can't let this thing go away. <laughs> Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to three percent daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. I kind of brought it up a second ago, but um, how often would you be deep in on making a prop and then it would get cut? A lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. A lot of times it was like rush, rush to get it done that day. They would, they would do it three or four days later. Yeah. Right. But hey, both of you have appeared on the show uh, a number of times as well. Maybe we'll start with John. Do you remember the first time you were actually on screen on the show? It was um, John Lithgow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was singing us a kitty song, Camp I believe. Song, yeah. Camp song. Oh. And all the stagehands were sitting around him. Oh, nice. And that was the first time. Oh, that's cool. That's a good one. That was easy because you didn't have to say anything. You had to sit there. Yeah. Yeah. There was no acting. It was a good way to get your feet wet. But then yeah. you moved on to a lot of speaking roles. Oh, yeah. I hated him. Yeah, oh, is you that did? true? Oh, yeah. Because you're a good actor. You're very yeah, natural. Yeah, you're very natural. You're both good actors. You're both great. I didn't like it. Bill, did you like... Because, Bill, you were in a lot of... Sc- I didn't like it. I, I didn't like it live. I, I didn't mind the pre-tape stuff. Ah. Uh, oh, I see. And, 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 and towards the end of that, I got pretty okay with it, to be honest with you. Live is scary. That red... Yeah, a lot can go wrong. That red light comes on on the and camera. And reading cue cards when you never do that. Right. That's hard. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know if people realize. Yeah, like all our sketches, we'd always have cue cards. Yeah, it's very distracting. It's not easy, and I give everybody who's an actor like that credit for doing that. That great. Yeah, I mean that's it's really hard. Not easy for me at least. And Bill, you you did a a bit that really became popular called Tull's Tips, where yeah, yeah, where the the whole idea would be like, well, it's Valentine's Day, and you know can, that can get really expensive buying stuff for Valentine's Day. Here with some money saving tips is our prop master Bill Tull. Yeah, and then they were just quick little pre tapes. Yeah, quick vignettes of you showing cheap ways to. Uh, yeah, it got ridiculous towards the end. Yeah, there, there's <laughs> yeah. they weren't even tips anymore. They were just silly things. Well, sometimes the tips would become more time-consuming and expensive than the original. (laughs) (laughs) There's a scraps, like, you know, an outtake from rehearsal where, like, it's a classic thing where we had done Tull's tips a lot and they always did great. You know, you start getting diminishing returns. So, like, maybe the 13th time we tried it, it was for Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I... Without going into detail, if people watch it uh, on Team Coco, it's a really hilarious... Rehearsal outtake because none of the beats made sense, <laughs> and Conan and Andy just jumped on how bad it was immediately. And, and when we were doing them, we were we were laughing, and we we, do, we did them all in the prop room. And Matt O'Brien was the uh, writer, right? Matt O'Brien was the writer at the time who was in charge of them. He'd be lowering his head, laughing with his hand over his mouth, and it was just it was ridiculous, man. So that was a good sign for you, right? You'd be like, okay, I think that one. I like those things; they were good. They were easy. They were quick. Yeah. They were really funny. The first time I was on camera, I was in the airlock, patting the top of my head with one hand and pulling a bird out of my mouth with another. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that one. (laughs) And John, I remember another bit you did where it was just a few years ago when Baby Yoda 
Oh, I wrote that. I was Jesse's I know, bit. That, that's, it was a Jesse bit. <laughs> sure. It took me a second to remember. No, no. Yeah, no, John Rao was, uh, he, his acting was superb. Oof. Yes. Thank you, Jesse. You're my muse. <laughs> Conan was doing a, a Christmas manger bit and he, he wanted to reveal a baby Yoda, but we didn't have one because you couldn't find them anywhere. It was a year that, yeah, it was. they were all sold out everywhere. Very popular. And I had written this bit about the lengths that you would go to to get the baby Yoda and you end up finding one on the dark web, but you have to have your kidney extracted. And That was great. That was fine. And honestly, when I wrote it, I didn't realize that you guys, it was kind of literally what you've done on the show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They've donated. If that's what your career has been. Yeah. So many kidneys. <laughs> They've donated more organs and boiled down more organs. <laughs> here, here, here's something that's really not prop related, but it's prop room related. Okay. Yeah. Tell them the story about your first week there with the phones. Oh, God. Do you remember the roll-arounds? Oh, swings? libraries have them sometimes, too, where yeah. they're, they're shelves. It cranks. But behind them, there were relays Oh yeah, on the walls. There were a huge relay system on the walls. All phone. All for phones. It was, you know, antiquated, but it was still there. They were big bundles. Big boxes. They're- probably four feet long, maybe 18 inches wide. And they were just on the wall and they weren't doing anything. Right. So we, we know of Billy's like, why don't you take those off? I said, all right. And they were probably what, 10, 12. Yeah. So I just keep pulling these things off. Yeah. Keep pulling them <laughs> off until they get to the one that went to 6B to the local news. Right. Where they, their relay system went to their uh, satellite trucks and every on the road. Right. And I ripped that one off too. Right. Oh. And from the control room to the news desk. So the, NBC News had a big issue. Uh, they couldn't, how did you find out that that was? Oh, they came. Oh, the management there. came running down. Oh. Everybody came running. Oh, what's what happened? I was like, I don't know. And they're like, I don't know. I pulled some props off the wall. Yeah, it was just I, I said, these we're, things we're, we're making shelves for storage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the news, the control room she, couldn't talk to the news. Off. The satellite trucks couldn't talk to the control room. We ripped all that out. Well, I ripped it all out. Wow. They had to use their pagers. Yeah, exactly. Well, did you get did the shelf look good though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was helpful. <laughs> it's more story. We had to call catering and bring catering in for the guys. Who oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. Oh wow. I hadn't been working there long and I, I went down to the sixth floor before the show. Oh, because I did the warm-up back then. And I go down. And people are running and screaming on the sixth floor. And I'm like, what is going on? And and so I asked them, I said, what's going on? They're, they're like, live at five. It's, it's totally down. All their phone lines are dead. They can't broadcast. <laughs> we haven't missed a single broadcast in our entire history. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but yeah. it's true. These phone lines were how they communicated, as you said, with all the satellite trucks in the field. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, we don't know what happened. And they're running around. And I they got these guys from AT&T who had to trace where the break was. And I think that's when they're like, it's coming from this prop room. <laughs> this woman in charge of whatever, whatever she was in charge of, she was in charge of a lot. She came in that prop room. And I mean, she had steam coming out of her ears, man. Yeah. I'm looking over, I'm looking over at John. And he's just shaking his head. Oh and she's screaming and yelling you. at me. She's going, what do you think you're doing? Who gave you the authority? I said, I said I'm building shelves. <laughs> 
Well, what? I mean, why would they put such important I don't machinery know. in someone's office? I don't know. <laughs> but next to stuff was that's so was old and outdated. Yeah. And this little one that looked kind of, maybe I shouldn't have taken it off. <laughs> but I will say this, though. At the end of the day, about an hour after the whole thing happened, she came in the room again. Yeah. And she said, I want to give you a hug. Okay. She said, she goes, I can't believe it. You just came right out and told me the truth. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, no, no, no hugs, no hugs, no hugs. Wow. She did a 180 there. Well, she must have really liked the shelves. <laughs> I remember going into the prop room after you cut through those phone lines and they were bundles and each one had like a few hundred phone lines. Oh my God, yeah. Sweeney. There were the cables coming everywhere. in from the ceiling. They- you cut through like, I don't know. A couple thousand phone lines. Well, there must have been a moment when that was happening that you thought this might have been important or no. This is this is what it was. <laughs> the major, 95, 98% of the cables came in through the ceiling. Big cables that were about four, four inches around. Yeah, across. easy. Right. So just big fat cables. And inside of those were hundreds and hundreds of, of wires. Right. These little copper relays. They came down and they... They fed just waiting these, to be sawed. They fed these big panels. <laughs> yeah. What I started doing was so we could get the Shelby. You cut the I first would just one. go by like four or five times a day and just rip wires out <laughs> and throw them in the garbage. And then if there was, <laughs> then if, 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 and then if nobody reported anything, I'd go and rip, I'd go rip off some more. Remember, I, I, I cut the first big cable and, and, then and nothing John, happened. John had to cut the cable. So you were yeah. testing them. He had, he had to use a hacksaw. You're going to go to jail after oh, this. <laughs> but, the, but the stuff that John ripped out, which was the last part of it, yeah. it was a newer type system. Okay. Well, I didn't rip it out yeah, per se. Well, yeah. I wouldn't admit to it. No, they were beautifully sawed. I remember they were... This, you guys are going to have to get married so you can't testify against each other. <laughs> yeah. And I remember talking to you about it and you're both just like, I asked him nicely to remove these things because we needed more shelving space for our props. They didn't do it. So uh, fuck it. We took them out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There you go. You know what? It's your can-do style. It was helpful. I can tell you that. You needed more space for all the black dildos. They used to put that prop room on the tour when they had the tour going through. Oh, oh, you mean for tourists? The VIP tour. Okay. Oh, wow. While you were there, there'd be just like tour groups passing through. Yeah, as you're working. Guys, put the dildos away. <laughs> I'm making horse testicles in a jar right now. <laughs> right. And that's what you're doing. And they're like, ah. Bill's dropping sheep fat into muriatic acid. <laughs> Just a regular day at a television show. Yeah, it's crazy. Did you ever get requests from staffers to make things that weren't for the show, but oh, they just... Yeah. Uh, around Halloween. Around yeah, Halloween. Of course. Especially Halloween, right? Because I, I was actually just looking for a dog skeleton and I realized I should have <laughs> called you guys first. <laughs> Maybe we got rid of them. Yeah. We got rid of a lot of stuff. Yeah. I You know what? I, that Saying you got rid of a lot of stuff, I'm wondering when we left 30 Rock and moved to LA, did you guys leave a lot of props and everything, take some? Everything in that prop room came to LA. Oh, okay. Everything. Including the sheep. Everything. Wow. Oh, man. Ross. Jeff said to bring it all. Okay, great. Wow. That'd be a great moving truck. So when the Tonight Show ended, that do you know what happened to all those props then? Half of them went into Bill's kitchen because <laughs> we had to hide them. I every day I'd leave like really like important things like you know the Texas Ranger lever. Yeah, we just start taking like, stuff. you know old to the show. You'd like put them put them down your pants and walk out. <laughs> no, 
I yeah. put them in my car and leave. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so, great. So you were just smuggling them off piece by piece. Wow. Yeah, yeah. just the important stuff, the stuff that we, you know. Okay. I just wanted to. Stuff we still have. We're trying to fill out the indictment against you too. So this is really <laughs> helpful to also know that you stole a lot of NBC property. So all those things that you brought to your kitchen, I guess when we landed at TBS, did they all move back there? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I'm just curious. And where are all those things now? Are they, what, what happened when? I saw a lot of things in the dumpster as we were leaving Warner Brothers. Oh, you know, <laughs> most of the stuff that's important to the show, we, we kept. Okay. Yeah. And it's in storage right now. I sent you pictures. All right. And uh, the other stuff, set dressing and stuff, right, you know, right, that right. were one-offs. No, that stuff, who cares? Either you threw out, you gave away, or we put outside uh, Warner Brothers and people just came and took a lot of stuff. Wow. Oh, wow. Which was, you know, the set dressing. Yard sale. Lance was, had a great yeah. eye, so a lot of people took things. Lance was uh, one of our Set scenic back. designers. Yeah, remember the, uh, the 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 masturbating bear bobble hand? Still got it. Oh, I remember that. His hand. Yes, instead of his oh, head bobbling. Oh, that's great. His hand bobbled. Yeah. down by his crotch. Flanagan made that. Did you keep that for yourself? I gave it to Mike Gordon. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Oh, did you guys make that? Bob, Flanagan. Bob, Bob Bobby Flanagan. Flanagan. Made it. Bobby Flanagan was this this. Uh, artist in Brooklyn. Puppet maker. Oh, he was great. Who made so many great props. A prop maker. He was great. I used to go down there and pick up a dead dog and have to bring it back on the subway. And it looked so real. I just put it on the floor next to me <gasps> on the subway and its tongue was hanging out. It was just I dead. Oh, were people upset? And people were just looking and I just pet it every now and again and just looks. So <laughs> I got I, I, I got pulled over do? on Long Island by a cop. Yeah. And I had a pickup truck. Yeah. And it was in the back. And he goes, What's wrong with that dog? <gasps> What's wrong with that dog? What? <laughs> That's how good it looked. Why did we need a fake dead dog? And why didn't you just dig one up? <laughs> yes, he he is uh he was a genius. He was amazing. He 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 was a great artist. Like we remember we did those Jesus. Yes. Sports statues. Oh, yeah. Oh, those are amazing. Yeah, my favorite is the cockfighting. Cockfighting, Jesus. Cockfighting was my For favorite. For kids getting confirmed, there was a catalog that had... Inspirational. Jesus soccer and yeah. baseball, like kind of showing kids how to play baseball and helping a kid catch a football in a game. So we we're like, oh, let's make our own. <laughs> and we had like Jesus getting picked last in gym. Yeah. Uh, Jesus sumo wrestling. And yeah, Jesus with... Two kids betting on cockfights. Who he a, fought? What, what was a skater he was fighting? Tanya Harding. Oh, I didn't. I forgot that one. <laughs> playing, playing office basketball. Right. <laughs> we had to stop doing those because um, Christians complained. Oh. Is that true? Really? Yes. Oh, huh. wow. We never heard that. I was like, oh, we'll be doing these for years to come. No. You were just getting the word out about Jesus. That's right. We yeah, that's all. We still had the one with the cockfighting. Oh, good. I have one actually here. I, here, this is it's the one prop I took. It's Jesus. I was looking for that. getting picked last in gym. <laughs> oh, well, I'll return it to you guys. You want me to read this list off to you? What's on the list? It's like a bunch of props that we built. Uh, sure, sure. I mean, it'll, take, it'll take like a minute. <laughs> I think this is a prop list Bible with guns sticking out of it, a guillotine for satellite TV. Uh, was it a wagon. working guillotine? Yep. Yeah. Oh my Satellite God. TV was rough. That was always, but it was fun. We had the uh, the uh, jetpack raccoon on a ceiling fan. Mm -hmm. 
the jetpack raccoon was one of my favorites. It was yeah. a raccoon that and would go. he was go, screech. Yeah, it's screeching on a ceiling fan. It was a taxidermied raccoon wearing a jetpack. And then I found out. Oh, my God. It was a real, yeah. Yes. That appeared in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Really? Oh, my God. Yes. I think they ripped off Late Night. We gave that we gave we got that no to money. an actress. Somebody said to give it to her. Yes. Uh, um, Matt O'Brien reminded me. Amanda's, Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> she was on the show, and I guess... I guess the segment producer found out she liked taxidermied animals. So Conan on the air gave her huh. the uh, raccoon wearing a jetpack. Yeah. And Matt O'Brien reminded me of this because he ran into her somewhere two weeks ago and he asked her if she still had it. And she said, yes, she absolutely still owns it. That's great. That's funny. That jetpack was left over from Letterman. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we added to that. We added the uh, the flames coming out. Right. You, you guys were the most you were always can do. There was so many, there were other, yeah. you know, there were some people you work with where it's like, uh, nah, I don't, like, uh, we can't do it. Yeah. You want that in a month? No, we can't. And you got, we'd go like, oh, we need, you know. A tauntaun to sleep in at San Diego. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That was amazing. Wow. All right. All right. Uh, well, thank you guys for the You're great. Welcome memories thank and you. Ho- thank you hopefully there'll be more someday this was fun, sounds thanks. good yeah this was so much fun thanks guys yes we'd love it and that was our conversation with bill tull and john rao thank you for revisiting with us and we love you bill we love you bill If you were in a horror movie, this would be the part where the used car you just bought doesn't start. But you're not in a horror movie, and you found your car on Carfax.com. Carfax can help you know if the car has been in any accidents and how much it's worth based on its history. Take the scary out of car shopping. Shop Carfax at the all-new Carfax.com.